Welcome back to Maybe Swearing Will Help. I'm your host, Katerina. You know, when I say that, I picture myself in the future as like being as successful as Caitlin Bristow with her podcast, being all like, welcome back to Off the Vine. I'm your host, Caitlin Bristow, because she is just such an inspiration to me. She's literally the background of my phone because I want to see her every day for motivation and inspiration. I love her so much. And so does my guest today, Arista. We're both big KB guys. So if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Arista and I talk about the grind. We really had no game plan for this podcast, but I think it worked out really well. She's such a natural and uh, she did did amazing. Like I loved everything she said and it was so fun. So I hope you enjoy it too. Tell your friends about the podcast and here we go. Okay, hi. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, how are you? Good, good, good. It's so nice to be on here. I'm so excited. I've listened to every episode and I'm like, oh, it's my turn. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're my biggest fan. Yay! I like to be a hype girl. I really like to be a hype girl. I feel like that's like my calling in life. <laughs> you are, yeah. You were my hype girl with my book and now you're my hype girl with my podcast. Oh, <laughs> and you came to my craft show. You come to all my things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I guess I should call you like member number three of the five guys named Mo squad. It's true. It's true. Oh my gosh, that takes me back. My goodness. I had Rebecca <laughs> on before and yeah, I revisited that memory, so I thought I should with you. Oh nice. I couldn't even tell you who Mo number five was. Like we had Lauren in our group as well, but Yeah, I was thinking about that today too. I like there's Lauren and then mine goes blank I don't know question mark of who number five was she must not have been in the group for a while like I remember she had glasses and I feel like her name started with a t and I'm gonna feel so awful if she's listening to this but like <laughs> I know we had a good time but I can't remember your yeah name. <laughs> I know and you know who else is a big kb guy is Rebecca actually oh really yeah I'm surprised that she hasn't said anything like I feel like um I feel like with you, it's pretty obvious because you post stuff about her and stuff. And then like, I've talked to you about it, like messaged you or whatever. Um, but I had no idea. Like, I didn't even know if she watched The Bachelor or Bachelorette or any of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I took her class on Monday and yeah. she was like, why are you even here? Like, it's fantasy suites. And I was like, oh, oh. And then she was like, I'm so jealous you got to meet Caitlin. And I was like, twice I got to meet her twice yeah <laughs> no big deal yeah. I remember I was at this like dance convention in Minneapolis in high school and I feel like that's when Jason Mesnick's season was on and there was this girl like Naomi you might remember her she had the hometown where they like buried a pigeon or something like I don't know if you watched that season but it was like they had a seance and it was very like out there at the time right like I feel like if that were to come on tv now no one would blink an eye but you know in 2008 it was like yeah. whoa crazy Anyways, we were walking through Mall of America, and she was there, and I, like, beelined it to her. I, like, sprinted across. I was like, you're my favorite on this season. And, like, obviously, I know she didn't make it, and I was like, she's probably, like, just trying to have a chill day, and, like, nobody really knew who she was, except there's me, like, booking it across the mall because I'm the biggest Bachelor, Bachelorette fan. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah, they showed that on, like, The Greatest Seasons Ever. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, uh, I was going through like old photos and stuff and that one was in my dance album. And I was like, what is that? And then I watched the greatest season ever. I'm like, Oh my goodness. That's that girl from that season. Cause they showed the pigeon scene, of course. Yeah. So I was laughing. Took me back. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. Well, I guess we'll get to why we're here. Sure. And we have no method to our madness. We're just kind of winging it, but we wanted to talk about the grind and oh, maybe a little bit about like burnout. Yeah. But um yeah, man, like that hustle life, that boss babe life, that living off five coffees and no sleep life, like that was <laughs> so glamorized. And now since COVID, that just like does not exist. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, I feel like um yeah, I shared that thing on Instagram being like, I really wish it didn't take a pandemic to make us all like reevaluate life. Like I wish there was a way that our life, like, you know, everybody's life's been impacted in some way. Like I didn't get to have my wedding and you know, everybody has something that like, could be really big or really small. Right. But I wish that something like the pandemic that didn't affect our lives the way it did could have happened to like make us slow down rather than pandemic, obviously, but I'm actually kind of grateful for it. 
Like, I'm grateful that there was something that made me like take a step back and like look into my life and go, mm-hmm. what's important to me? Who do I want to be? Things like that. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I really liked that it made me take a step back and reevaluate everything and slow down. Cause I'm like such a go, 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 go person. Yeah. I was going to say, are you the type to just like overbook and overschedule and try and balance a hundred things at once? Oh my gosh. I feel like that's been my entire life. Yeah. Like I feel like, and it's not a knock on anybody. I feel like even as a young kid, like it was like, I, I think when you're, when you're in dance and you're in a sport or you're in an activity that's totally based on people's praise of you and like you perform and you want to be clapped for and you want the loudest applause and you want people, you're a people pleaser really is what you are. I feel like when you grow up like that, it's like every time you do something that pleases people, you want more of it because you're like addicted to that, like high of, of the applause, right? And like being that attention. So I feel like even as a kid, it was like, oh, you're in dance and oh, you're in this. And as I got older, it's like, oh, you're also running for student council and you maintain a 95 average and you, and it was like always praised upon. And, and so, and like, that's not a knock on anybody. There's so many other people in this boat, right? Like it's not a knock on my parents or my teachers or my friends, but it was like, oh, Arista's capable of doing so many things. And it just like pushed me to do more and more. Yeah. It's like I've never, never in my life, I've, I've never slowed down. Like I've never, ever in my life slowed down. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. And that's so true because when you start like dance like that and performing, we, we were like three when we started dance. Right. So like, that's yeah. all we know. That's what we're used to is just like, do, do well and get rewarded. Right. And so yeah. we need that reward. We need that like adrenaline or like dopamine hit. Yeah, know? totally. And yeah. in everything like in school. Okay. And so you're a teacher. So there's like this quote or like analogy. I had this like written down in my notebook from a few years ago. Yeah. It's like when you're in school, you're always taught that like getting an A is the best, right? And you always want to strive for the best. And then you kind of take that to work and like, you still want to hand in like A, A grade uh, assignments, I suppose you could say. And like, we're taught to like strive for that yet B plus is still fine, right? Like it's better than just like dropping out of the class completely and you're allowed to hand in B plus work and that's still commendable and you're still showing up, but like it's not an A, so it's not enough, right? And I feel like we take that to like the gym. Well, if I'm going to work out today, it has to either be like my A plus work or why even bother, right? No, you can still go to the class, do a B plus workout. You know, you still showed up, you still finished it. Like that's still something to be proud of. But we just like always take it to the extreme and are like, well, it's either got to be a hundred percent or why bother? Oh yeah, totally. I feel like my life has just been like, you know, by the time I was finishing high school, like that was coming up 11 years ago. But as I was finishing high school, it was like, I was dancing 40 hours a week and I was captain of the basketball team and I was on the soccer team at school and I was on student council executive and I was taking every single class I possibly could and all the choirs and band and everything and like working a part-time job and doing everything I possibly could. And like, I don't even think, I, I couldn't even tell you half of my memories from high school. I feel like my life right. has just been like a blur of like just a spinning wheel, like the hamster on the wheel going faster and faster and faster. And then like nothing changed out of, out of high school. I signed up for university and took six courses my first semester. Like, are you serious? Yeah, I took six courses and three had labs. And I played on the university, like I played on the college basketball team and I was teaching dance and still take, like, I've just continually like done this cycle. I went right from high school into university and then I stopped playing basketball for the year and kind of went the dance path for a while, teaching dance while going to school, graduated from my kin degree in the three years. It usually takes more time for people because you like need more credits for kin. Yeah. And then got into education right away and like, Also was coaching, I started coaching basketball right after I graduated high school. Like I went back and helped at my old school and it's just like, then I graduated from education. I got a job right away and I started coaching everything and doing the musical and doing all the things. It's like exhausting just listening to it. But in the moment, you don't realize how much it is until you reflect back on it. And like, I think that's what this whole thing's been all about is I like stop and think about all the things I was doing. And at first when the pandemic hit, I felt like, I felt like so, um, What's the word for it? So, like, satisfy is not the right world, but, like, I wasn't stimula- stimulated enough by life. Yeah. Like, the world shut down, and I wasn't stimulated enough. It was, like, yeah. literally all the things I do, coaching and doing extracurriculars and being involved in committees on work. Like, 
I became a teacher because I like to help people and I want to help kids and, and make it a good experience for them. But I feel like it's also kind of part of thinking back on what I did. It was an opportunity to continue all of that. Mm. Right. Like if I did something else, if I became a doctor or whatever, I wouldn't be coaching and I wouldn't be choreographing musicals. Like it's just become an extension of my high school self to continue now as the adult in charge rather than the person on stage or the person playing point guard on the team or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's, it's kind of complicated because no one's forcing you didn't have your parents weren't like you're gonna take dance whether you like it or not because that's what we no. do for you you know this is stuff that does sincerely fill your cup and that brings you joy and you do totally. love right yeah but then it's almost like it's almost bittersweet at some points because that's also what's like probably adding to your stress right and like sometimes yeah. it feels more like work than fun and like de- just draining you at the end of the day you know yeah and the crazy thing is, is like most of the time I don't even feel stress. Like I feel like when the pandemic, like, well, and it's, but I think it's just like, because my life from such a young age has just been so go, 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 go. It's like, I'm, uh, it's like, I'm almost out of body experience when things get crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just rise, like I like lift out of my body. I do what I need to do. And then I come back down and it's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I feel like. I have been training for a pandemic because of all the things I've been doing as a teacher, like everything changed. We've never had to teach virtually before. We've never like, you know, we, we were paperless. We use computers. It's not like we don't know how to use a computer as a teacher, but like we've never had to live stream a class or do whatever, or have half our kids in and half our kids out and all these things. And yeah, it was stressful, but I felt like my life up to that moment had been like training me for something like this. And like, I was, it, it was stressful and I was overwhelmed by things but not nearly as much as some of my friends in the same boat as me. Right. And it's not a knock on them whatsoever. I just feel like I've been secretly training for a pandemic (laughs) without realizing it. (laughs) What do you mean? Because like all of your, all of your favorite things are out in person. So what, like you just feel like you can like handle a crisis. Yeah. I feel like I just, because I'm used to so many things on the go, yeah, things were changing all the time, but it's not like things were changing with all the things I was involved with. It was just changing with work, mm. right? Like it was like, oh, a new a new protocol would come out or a new health measure would come out. And we had to adapt how we would do things in school and pivot once again. It was like, mm-hmm. honestly, it was like Ross and friends with the couch in the, in the stairwell, like yelling pivot. That's what work was like for the first month and a half, two months of school, which is like pivot again. <laughs> oh my God. That's like one of my favorite Ross moments ever. Oh yeah. It's so good. And I know you're a friends fan, so I had to, but um, yeah, I just, I just feel like because I, I was used to juggling so many things mm-hmm. that even though this was different, like, it's not like I was prepared to teach virtually. It's not like I was prepared to have to figure out how to teach phys ed without any equipment or having to sanitize every time you touch something or whatever. But it was just like, it was only one thing I had to juggle. Okay. Everything else was shut down. Right. right. So it's like, I don't know. It was, it was, it, it was interesting. So I feel like I've like prepared to have, have this like, curveball thrown at me because I've been so used to just juggling a million things at one time. Okay. And for you guys, I'm wondering about like your sick time. Cause I know like you have to have sick days and you're allowed to call in sick, but is it almost like frowned upon to call in sick or take a personal day or do some me time like that? I feel like it was like this badge of honor if you didn't have any sick days used by the end of the year. And it's not like that's ever been told to us. No. Um, and like, also half the time, if it's like, you know, when you had a little bit of a cold or whatever pre-pandemic, you'd still go in because it's like, well, I can still do my job. I'm totally fine. Um, obviously, that's now changed because if you have any of the symptoms, you can't come into work like they'll send you home. Um, but it was like, yeah, no one has ever, ever said anything like that to me. And there's, it's not like there's this underlying tone, but I think that there's lots of professions like this, but it's, I'm a teacher. So I'm going to talk about being a teacher, of course. But like, I feel like you feel like you have this responsibility to your, your students mm-hmm. that it's like nobody else can do what I'm doing with them. There's a hundred other people that if I took, if I stepped away from my job, they would all step in and do a phenomenal job. But we have this like weird ownership over our courses and our kids that we teach. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can't leave them for a day because the like the sub can't do this. And this is what I want to do on this day with them. It's like, no, no, <laughs> they will survive because they don't come to school and they're sick and they still survive and get through it all. Like you can do the same if you're like, if you're sick and you need the day. Yeah. So it's just so interesting how the pandemic has affected so many things that way. 
I know pretty much every job I've ever had. It's like, if you call in sick, it's like, you better be hugging that toilet, literally leaking fluids from every hole of your body. If you work, you know, and actually last spring, when this was all starting, we were in a weird transition of like getting people laptops to go home. So a lot of us were still in the office and it was kind of just like, we didn't know really what was happening. Justin was just on TV every day telling people to stay home, but like work wasn't letting us stay home. So we were in this weird limbo. And, um, yeah, there was somebody there who was just coughing, 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 sneezing, sneezing, sneezing. And we were all just kind of like, should you be here? (laughs) It's probably just bronchitis. Like I'm fine, but I'm like, don't be the hero. Like you're not going to get a gold star for coming in anyways. Like we are in a pandemic, please, please. Oh yeah. (laughs) But even if it's not the COVID, like I don't want to get your bronchitis because if I have bronchitis, then I'm more at risk for getting bad symptoms of COVID. Like it's just this cyclical thing. Like, yeah, it's so interesting. It's like, you're not going to get a badge of honor for being the one with perfect attendance at work in the entire year. Like, I'm not saying abuse your sick time and take a day when you just feel like staying home, like not saying that, like, but you know, when you're sick, stay home and take care of yourself. Cause when you take that day, it's probably only one day that you're going to be home because your body just needed a rest. But when you plug it out and you wait till you're super sick and have to stay home, then it could be like a week. Yeah. That's how I know I'm doing too much is when, cause I don't often get sick, like maybe like a slight seasonal allergy, which I don't actually think is a seasonal allergy because I have not had a cold this whole year. So now mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, that my seasonal allergies was me like picking up germs from work or like wherever else I go, you know? Right. Yeah, because people are are kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But wait, what was I saying? Uh, being sick. You no longer have seasonal allergies because they're not actually seasonal allergies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I lost my train of thought with that. But anyways, um, oh, yeah, that's how I know that I need to slow down. Because when I do get yeah. sick, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess I went to the gym like this many times and like saw my friends for like this many hours and didn't get enough sleep and, oh, I ate pizza. Like I'm not, you know, I'm dehydrated. Like, I'm like, yeah. okay, <laughs> sorry, yeah. body. I'll, I'll do better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll stay home, have some water, take a good nap and then we'll be good for tomorrow. Yeah. Like I think, um, part of like overworking and like the grind is you realize that you're at your, you have an absence of like good sleep, good food, good exercise, relaxing time with people that fulfill your life. Like whether you're introverted or extroverted, you need time with people, whether it's like a small group or large group or whatever it is. Well, large group virtually right now, but, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like when everything shut down, like I'm a high school phys ed teacher, I'm super active. I would say I eat pretty healthy, but when everything shut down, all I had to do was focus on myself. I couldn't coach any teams. Like I couldn't, there was no meeting in person. And like, since the pandemic hit, I might be one of the few people I lost like 15 pounds. What? And like, not in a bad way. Like I was finally able to like cook meals for myself. I wasn't, you know, finishing a practice with one team at five 30 and then scarfing down a meal quickly, not even thinking about it, just knowing I needed food in my body and then going and coaching the next team in a game or whatever, and then getting home at nine or 10 at nighttime and then having a quick little slack snack and then trying to calm down from the day and go to bed and just repeating the cycle. Like you're forcing food down your face because you just know you need to eat and you're not actually sitting there being present. Like you said, yeah. It's not a healthy relationship with food. Like that's just not like, digesting properly. No, not at all. Like you're just go, go, go. Like I finally, for the first time, like the first time in my life, which is crazy to say being almost 30 years old, like the first time in my life, cause that was my high school experience. It was like, get picked up from school, yeah. go home, quickly shove some food in your face, go to dance for four to five hours, come home, have a quick snack, do homework till one in the morning, go to bed, get up, repeat or yeah. ask someone basketball or whatever meeting or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so it's like crazy. Like, so for the first time in my life, I was forced to like, just worry about me and my dog and my husband. And it was like, we're going to eat a good meal and you're going to go, like, I could take my dog for a walk when it was daylight out, like at four, like four fifteen, four thirty, I was getting home and I could take my dog for a walk in daylight. Like that was such a like new concept to me in the winter time, like going to work and it was dark and coming home when it was dark and never seeing the light of day. Cause my gym has no windows. was like the regular for me. Did you? just crazy. Like, it's crazy to see that change in myself. Like I'm sleeping on a regular schedule and I'm doing things for myself. Like I'm taking three to four dance classes a week and teaching dance again, because I want to, not because somebody's asked me to, or forcing me to not that anyone ever forced me to take dance. Like that was my passion and my love, but 
I've got, I've been able to come back to that, like coaching a million things. I couldn't take dance classes. There's no time for me. Like there was no me time. And, and I never thought twice about it because I do love coaching and I do love doing the musical and I love doing things at work. But now that I've had the opportunity to have those things stop and take a look at what matters to me, it's like, you know what? I actually don't miss some of those things that much. Mm. Of course I want kids to have their things back. Like we all want to have the things that fulfill our lives back, but I'm okay if somebody else takes over that role instead of me now. Right. You can let that Yeah, I felt like ownership over those programs. It was like, no, I choreographed the musical. No, I coached the varsity girls basketball team. And now I'm like, somebody else wants to volunteer. I'd be okay to step aside or just help out. Right. Like, it's just, it's such an interesting shift. And I feel like there's so many people doing that right now, looking at their lives and going like, you know, of course we want our normal back, but like, let's stop pretending that our normal before the pandemic was healthy. Was good. Right. Exactly. That's not something we should be going back to. No, not at all. Yeah. But I feel like, yes, a mental health crisis is like on the verge right now because of everything that's going down and all the things that we've like lost out on. There's people really struggling, but I feel like that was the case beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, you know, everybody was doing fine and life was jolly and we were all loving the path for ourselves that we were on. Like, that's not the case. No, no. So what I'm assuming it sounds like is you are going to keep prioritizing yourself going forward and not let that cycle of just like wake up, eat, do things, sleep. You're not going to go back to that lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, I think that like, you know, and talking a lot with my students too, like when we look at like scholarships, for example, like scholarships reward people who are really involved in things. Yeah. Right. You're the best at this or you're the best. And like, that's fine. I'm not knocking scholarships. Like you, there's things to strive for in life and work hard and et cetera. But like, there's nothing wrong with saying no. And I've started to say that to kids. Like, you know what? You don't have to be involved in everything. Mm. Like you need to pick the things that make your heart happy and do those things. And if something is not making your heart happy, maybe you need to figure out why. And to learn, to learn at that age, to prioritize rest and like, rest isn't a bad thing or that doesn't make you lazy or, you know, like you're not working hard enough. Like I feel like, yeah, I barely slept in high school, barely slept because same thing as you, I was up at early for early choir practice and I was downtown at the RWB until like 1030 at night. I didn't even get home till 11. Right. So those are long days and very physically demanding, right. Mentally demanding, socially demanding, like you're bound to burn out eventually. Right. But we're we're young, so you can take it, right? But then if that's all you know, like you are now, right? This is all you know. And like the year after year after year, you just keep going. Like you're going to just fry. Yeah. And And like, I don't feel like I've burnt out. Like I I don't feel like that. I actually feel like the pandemic came at the perfect moment for me. Like I, it's no surprise to people that know me. Like I have a ton of allergies and autoimmune conditions and whatever, and right before the pandemic hit, I was diagnosed with another autoimmune condition. Oh. And that was kind of the moment that was like, yeah, like nothing serious. Like psoriasis is it considered an autoimmune condition. Like it's all the things I have are like not life threatening or whatever. I'm really fortunate that way. But I do have quite a few things that I deal with like uh, medically. And so when that when that happened and they were and the doctor said, like, you know, you have genetics on your side that people have psoriasis. So you like you were kind of bound to get it. But it usually flares up when you have stress in your life. I went oh, I'm stressed. Like it was like somebody had to tell me that my body was stressed. I didn't recognize that. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe I've experienced burnout, but I've never like, like reflecting back on my career and like my university experience. I can't pinpoint a moment where I was like burned out to the point where I was like, I have to stop everything and just focus on me. Right. And maybe somebody would disagree and say like, no, I remember a time where you were like super stressed, but in my head, I can't I can't remember that moment. Like, I feel like maybe there were signs for my body, definitely getting another diagnosis, diagnosis of an autoimmune condition that made me take a step back and think, but then it was like a month later and then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I had to, I plugged along for another month and then it was like, well, the world's telling you to shut down. So you, whether like, whether you like it or not, (laughs) your life is over in terms of all the things you do. I always call it when I'm really stressed out. I always say stress level Winona Ryder in every episode of, um, Stranger Things. <laughs> and so if that's, if that's all you know, and you're just a Winona Ryder, like, how would you, how would you know anything different? Right. Yeah. Um, but do you want to hear a story? So a few years ago, 
um, I was getting like really bad pain, like just below my left eye, kind of in my face area. And I couldn't like smile, couldn't chew. It hurt to like drive, to like look too far out and focus on things. And, uh, I was just like crying and crying and crying. I was in so much pain. I couldn't figure it out. And I thought it was maybe my glasses. And anyways, um, I went to like the emergency room and the doctor was like, so scared of me. He's like, what's going on? I'm just like bawling uncontrollably. I'm like, I'm really fine. It's just like, I have so much pain and I don't know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And he tested, he looked at my eye, he put drops in my eye, he looked at my glasses. He's like, I really don't think this is your glasses, but I just want to try one thing. Are you, do you have some time? Like, I just want to, I just want to test something. I'm like, sure. He gets these huge, huge needles and like basically puts tranquilizer in my hips, like on either side of my hips. And he puts me in a dark room in a bed and he's just like, I just want you to lay here for 30 minutes and let's just see what happens. And so I lay there and lay there and lay there. And I'm like, this is so stupid. This is so stupid. And then eventually start to feel better. And by the end of the 30 minutes, I was like, I'm pain free. Like, this is crazy. Like, what did you do to me? Yeah. And get me a prescription for that stuff right now. (laughs) You know, migraines don't just happen in like your temples or where you think they do. You're having a stress migraine in your face and it's only going to get worse. You need to slow down whatever's going on. And I was like, doc, I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. I swear. And he's like, yes, you are. You yeah. need to calm down. You need to stop whatever you're doing and just like, and I was blown away. I had never heard of that. And I didn't feel yeah. like I was like, I, I was trying to convince him. I'm like, dude, I'm fine. He's like, sweetheart, you're not fine. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It's so, that's crazy. Like, it's so interesting how our body manifests things. Like now that, now that I'm on that like train of thought, I'm thinking like a few years ago, I was hospitalized for like staph infections. Like, the infections that, like, will shut down professional sports leagues. Like, if someone gets a staph infection, the team's quarantine kind of thing. I had two of them in the span of, like, six months. Yeah. And I guess you're, like, more prone to them once you get one. And, like, our bodies naturally have staph on them, but you get an infection when your body can't, like, get rid of it naturally. And so I had really bad eczema at the time. And now looking back on it, like, that was totally my body's way of being, like, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like, it's just really bad eczema. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's probably I'm allergic to something. And it, it was, it part of it is I'm, I can't have gluten. Like, I'm allergic to gluten, and that's how it manifested itself. Okay. But, like, I could, I don't eat anything with gluten. Like, I'm so careful. And then sometimes my eczema will flare up, and I'm like, oh, this is not the gluten causing this yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thinking back on it, it's like there's totally been signs in my life, but I think because I've grown up with allergies and asthma and all these things, it's like, Oh, it's probably just that causing that to flare up. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, have you learned anything about like, okay, so maybe on like a Sunday when like, this is like pre COVID and you're like grinding away yeah, and you would have like some time to yourself on a Sunday and you would like watch TV and think that was your time to like, you know, chill and like reset. Have you learned anything new? Like, are you like, Oh, TV doesn't do that for me. I like this instead or anything about yourself that way. Yeah. I started, um, when the, yeah, like I, I mentioned earlier that I didn't feel like stimulated by life Mm -hmm. and like not in a negative way, but it was just like, wow, I have all this time. Like I've Marie condoed every single closet in my house. Like I've done all the things and it's been an hour, like (laughs) do to do, what am I going to do now? Um, and like, I love to read, love, love, love to read my summers. I feel like I got into the pattern being a teacher of like grind, grind, grind for 10 months. And then, you know, like a lot of people think that teachers don't do anything over the summer. Like there's a lot that we do over the summer to prepare for the school year, but we do have moments to relax. Like there's a reason why we don't go to school in the summertime. Like kids wouldn't be able to function. The adults, like it's, it's hard. It's hard to be. And there's lots of professions like that, right? Where you take your time and you get that time away. And, um, and so I would find like my summertime was like my reading time and I'd read all the books and get through like 20 to 30 books. And then it was like, Hey, I filled my cup and now it's going to slowly drain for the rest of the year. And I feel like I've been trying to read more and more, but the pandemic has definitely allowed that to happen. And it not necessarily means that I'm like sifting through books and going super fast through a bunch of books, but it's like every night I try to read like a chapter or two to wind down. Right. And then I was like, I started doing this. Like I'm, I call it my shame tracker. I have like this habit tracker that I printed out and posted on my fridge for the first little bit. Oh my God. Um, I call it my shame board. <laughs> I'm such a competitive person that I, and like, I was craving that like competitive side that I wasn't getting. Cause I get it as being a coach or like playing sports yeah. myself or like, even like if I would go to the gym, somebody's running on the treadmill beside me and I look over, it's like, 
their point two faster than me. Like oh. I'm going one above them. Like I'm that kind of person. Like I'm that kind of person. Shamefully, I will admit that most people who are close with me know that I'm like painfully competitive. And, um, and so, yeah. So, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. Painfully competitive. Uh, you weren't, so you were reading, you weren't stimulated. Oh, my shame tracker, my shame tracker. Yeah. So I was like, I needed something to be competitive. So I just was like, well, you're going to compete with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Monica. This like habit tracker that someone posted on their Instagram story. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm prioritizing me self care. I'm going to put this habit tracker on the fridge and see how I do. And, um, like I maybe worked out a few times in the month because I'm like active throughout my job. So I thought that was enough and whatever. And I put my habit tracker, which I now jokingly call my my shame tracker on my fridge. And I look and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I was tracking like how much I was, if I was reading every day, drinking two liters of water and just doing something to move my body that wasn't because of work. Mm -hmm. And it was like October when I started doing this and I maybe moved my body seven times and they were usually for a dance class, which that's awesome. And then I was like barely getting to two liters of water. Like I was barely drinking any water and I would read like maybe a handful of times. I'm like, okay, so we're going to be competitive about taking care of ourselves <laughs> because you've never had the time to like sit and reflect on it and think about it. And so now, now, I mean, maybe my competitiveness, people would say that I've gone a little over the edge. It's like, I carry this like two liter jug around work and I'm like sipping on it constantly. Cause I have to get that two liters done at the end of the day. It's like, I have to read my chapter of my book or I can't check it off on my shame tracker. Like, I feel like I shamed myself into being a better per- version of myself. And I always laugh about it. And my coworkers, if any of them listen to this, they'll laugh because I talk about my shame tracker all the time. That's so funny. <laughs> Do you know, have you ever heard of David Goggins? Okay, is this the guy in the UK who's a motivational speaker who got a Fitbit? Is that that guy? No, I don't think oh, so. Okay. He's like a former Navy SEAL. He's very intense. Oh. Anyways, he has like a very like bully yourself into doing things mm-hmm. mindset. And you're kind of like reminding me of that. He's like, his, <laughs> his philosophy is like, if you're fat, look in the mirror and call yourself fat until you get skinny. Like, you know, <laughs> I just feel like. Not that that's healthy to do, but like maybe <laughs> that was kind of me. Be like, you're going to drink enough water. You're going to drink that water. Yeah. 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 Um, but I'm like that too. My boyfriend is very much the like Instagram post that was going around being like, it's okay if you just survive the pandemic and like manage yeah. mental health. And I'm like, no, it's not. I need to learn a new language. I need to sign up for university. I need to become a professional banjo player, like all the things, you know, (laughs) banjo player. Oh my gosh. I'll grab my harmonica and we can do a two person band. (laughs) I know how to play the harmonica. That'd be sweet if I knew how. But it's like, where, why, where does that come from? Like why I'm in a race or I need to like prove that I'm like doing something with my life. And I'm like, I think it's because we're close to 30 and I'm like, well, I wanted to do like X, Y, Z before I was 30 and like Rona is not going to stop me. So I'm just going to keep pushing through. And it's like, girl, chill. Yeah. And I think like, it's so interesting thinking back on my life. Like it's never like my parents were like, you have to do this. You have to do this, 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 and this. Like they wanted me to do my best at things, but it was never like this intense pressure that I felt like crippled by. And it was like, you know, if you ever don't like dance anymore, you don't have to keep doing it. Like I was never, we were never forced to do anything. We had to do something active. Like they wanted us to be active. And my, like my brother's a professional hockey player now. Like we both have chosen active careers. Like we have a love of being active and like, that's what they fostered. It wasn't like you had to do dance or you had to do hockey or you had to do basketball. It was like, find what you love. And when you don't love it anymore, we won't make you do it, but find something new. Mm -hmm. Like it was never forced. So it's just like, I really do think it comes from being in a sport where you look for people's like you, you try to please people. Like I remember, like, I still like the feeling of people applauding for me, like makes me giddy. That sounds so awful. Like when you think about that, but like being on a stage and performing. And then at the end, like that feeling of like breathing deeply and people are standing up and clapping for you. Like, I feel like maybe that's what it is, is that we're both trying to like chase after that feeling because it's not like at work, you do something and everybody stands up and is like, yeah, Rista, you go girl. Like nobody's doing that. You know what I mean? I would you know? love if they did. I would honestly be super into that. <laughs> I would work harder if they would do right? that. in that like report today. Woo, woo, woo. Like, yeah. you know, but I feel like maybe that's what it is. Like we're like chasing after that, like applause. 
mm-hmm. right? Or And it's not necessarily like applause, literally. It's like the pat on the back being like, oh, good job. Like, oh, you took this on, way to go for you. Like, oh, you're such, a, you're doing, you're being a leader within this, great work. Like, way to be a mentor for this person. Like, I think people inadvertently applaud, right? Mm-hmm. Applaud people for doing lots of things. And we don't mean to do it, but it's like, oh, good job. You like tackled all that while you're going through this crisis at home. You go girl, like gold star for you. It's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not saying that when things are going on, you put everything aside. Like, you know, that's not the real world. Like there's sometimes deadlines that we have to meet, but like, there's nothing wrong with it not being your best work when you have to meet a deadline. Yeah. Right. But that's what it is. I really do. Like, I'm not blaming dance in a bad way. No. I think there's something about people who are in an activity, a sport, they're perform like they're an artist, a performer, where you like look for that attention from people. I think that's what might cause it. Because like neither of us had like we didn't have parents being like, you must do this and you must you know what I mean? Like No, we liked it. They yeah. supported that. Yeah. That was fine. Yeah. But yeah, I totally agree. We're competitive now. We don't know how to slow down. We don't know how to stop. Yeah. 15 dance classes a week sounds totally normal. You know, you, you miss school to go to festival to compete. And then you show up back with your makeup still on and like half your costume still on and you go back to class and like try and catch up. Like we're just used to that. It was like badge of honor. It was like, look at my fake eyelashes and winged eyeliner. Look at me. (laughs) I was at a dance competition and I'm at school. I do all the things. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this like, I feel like it's our generation, this culture of like, you get you like all these milestones you have to reach by a certain age and you need to do this and you need to do that. And it's like, it's okay if you're not married by 30 with three kids in the house with the white picket fence, like success is not measured by like your relationship and the people you have in your life. It's like, what do you want out of your life? Like I watched this up. Speaking of a bachelorette reference, Hannah Brown. I, I yeah. love her so much. Okay. Yeah. As you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, like, I'm obsessed with her so, so much. I was literally watching one of her YouTube videos prior to this. Like, I love her so much. But she, I didn't watch this, like, whole clip. But I watched, yeah, her makeup one I was watching. The one she posted today. <laughs> I know, I know. She posted this, like, highlight reel of, like, when you say, like, oh, I'm Hannah Brown. I'm 24 years old. And I graduated cum laude. From, like, it's like, no, that's not who you are. Like, right. I, I'm, I'm the worst for this. Like, people, it's like, oh, I'm a Rister Ryback. I'm a phys ed teacher. Like, I work at this school, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, like, that's not what defines me. Like, yes, that's a part of my life. And I'm proud of that life. And I'm proud of that accomplishment. It's what I wanted in life. And I'm really happy to be doing that. But it's like, that's not everything. Yeah. Okay. Two things before I forget. So Rebecca actually brought this up and she said, like, she felt like that, that pressure and that timeline to like, what are you going to do next? Like, what job are you going to have? Boyfriend, all that. She actually mentioned that she found that was more of like a Winnipeg thing. Because she was like, out in Toronto, it's just like, it's fine to just like, not know how you're going to pay your rent next month and like, just take dance classes and like, live your life. And she kind of felt like when she came here, it's like, so like, when do you plan on getting married? And like, aren't you going to get a day job? And like, so you're really just going to teach dance and like, don't you want to have a baby one day? And like, so maybe that's more of like a, I don't know if that happens everywhere. Um, But also, yeah, I love that. And you know what I wish people would do more is like, if let's say I just met you for the first time, it's like, ask me, Hey, what do you like to do for fun? Why is it always? So what do you do for work? Totally. Like who cares what I do for work? That's just how I pay my bills. Exactly. Yeah. For some people, their career is about just making ends meet and that's totally fine. For some people, their career is their passion and that's great too. Like there's nothing wrong with either end, but it's not what defines us. Yeah. fortunate to be in a career that I dreamed like literally had a chalkboard at age three like I was gonna be a teacher like this was like end goal for me and it worked out and and I'm happy about that but it's not who I am entirely like I'm not just Miss Ryback the teacher at that school right Right. like I'm also Arista the wife and I'm Arista the friend and I'm Arista the sister and and cousin and daughter and like all the things right and I'm but we're so much like, hello, my name is this. This is what I do for work. Ask me about it. It's like, why? Yeah, and you just list your your facts, your resume facts, right? Yeah. That's totally. like what you would put on paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting. And like, yeah, there's there's it's great to have goals and things and be like, yeah, by the time I'm 35, I'd love to achieve like getting this other degree, or I'd love to take a course in this. And like, that's great. But if you don't meet that timeline, it doesn't mean that your life is not worthwhile. Like, I, I I, wish that we could stop being like, I have to be at this place and this point in my life. Like, that doesn't define who you are. Yeah. Man, I needed to hear that today because I'm like, 
I'm trying to like race. I have this like internal race to like take more courses at school and like finish them by, you know, as soon as possible and take like two at a time so I can get them done. Like, I'm like, what's my rush? I'm like, I don't take two courses over summer. I want to be able to like go to my friend's pool if we're allowed and like not worry about handing in assignments. I'm like, okay, Katerina, stop. Like you'll finish school when you finish school. The jobs will always be there. School will always be there. You know, like... (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing I think that like a lot of us have a a tough time remembering, right? It's like, oh, if you haven't traveled to this country by this age, it's okay. That country's not going anywhere, right? Especially now we're stuck here. Like we're here and we can't go anywhere, but like that country's not going to go anywhere. You're going to get to it eventually. Or like that course that you want to take, it's not being offered once in a lifetime. It's being offered every semester for the rest of your life, probably. So you're going to be able to do it. Like it's so, it's so interesting how even when maybe nobody in your life has pressured you to do these things, we just, it's like this innate sense in our society that it's like, you have to do this and you have to get this done before you hit this certain age, because then you have to do this. And it's like, why can't we just take a step back and take a little breath here? The only thing I could think of is pe- if, if people had like travel goals before they wanted to have kids or like get married yeah, or something, totally. like now you're kind of in like a time crunch and like things aren't going to map out the way you want it. But I mean, like, the thing that we forget is like the future has always been unknown. Like we've yeah. never known what's going to happen, but now we've just been, it's been like very obvious that the future is unknown. I mean, like anything could happen, but that was always a possibility. Right. And I think we just have to be able to adjust and roll with the punches. Honestly, like this was just a really like blunt, huge, like intense version of that. Oh yeah. It was like pump the brakes hard. You're going uphill on the roller skates with the boulder. And it's like, now you got to stop and hold the boulder and like everything. Yeah. Stops, right. Like that's, that's dramatic and intense. And um, yeah, it's so interesting. Like I've wanted to go to Europe for so, so long. Like I've gone to Germany, yeah. uh, not to travel. Like it was when I was on team Canada for uh world dance championships. So like, yeah, I've been to Europe, but I saw the inside of an arena that really could have been in Brandon and there'd be no difference because that's all I saw. And on the one outskirt, like one, the one day that we had to do stuff, did I pick to do a cool tour or something? No, 15 year old me picked to go shopping. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why'd they give a 15 year old a choice between shopping and seeing a, seeing something? That was silly. On <laughs> but like, I've always wanted to go to Europe and I've put it off and I've put it off and I've gone on some amazing trips. Like it's not to complain that I've never traveled. I've, I've got to Australia and I've done tons of places in the U S and Canada. And I've like one of my bucket lists was to try and get to all the province and territories before I turned 30. So that's been readjusted because I'm not going to be able to make it there because we can't even travel within Canada right now. Yeah. Uh, I turned 30, but um, I just feel like I'm, I was so bummed when everything first happened because it was like, I kept putting off Europe and putting it off and putting it off and doing these other trips because the opportunities arose. And then, um, then everything shut down. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get this Europe trip that I've been putting off for like 10 years now. And I was so mad at myself. And sometimes I still think about it and I'm like, why didn't I just do it? But it's like, you know what? Those countries are not going anywhere. Yeah. If that looks a little bit different and it's not the five week trip backpacking through Europe, I can still see those things at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, if it ends up 10 years from now and I'm taking two kids with me to go see Greece, like it is what it is. But I think the other thing this year has kind of taught me is, is like when you do have the opportunity to do something, you got to go for it and not put it off. Yeah. So in 2019, can just get taken. Yeah. In 2019, um, I was still new at my job and I wasn't entitled to vacation and my friend had died and like, there's a lot of backstory, but like I was going to Thailand one way or another. So I booked this trip to Thailand and I asked for an unpaid leave of absence. My boss loses his shit being like, why the hell would you do this? Like, I can't guarantee that you're going to have a job when you get back, like blah, blah, blah. But then his boss ended up approving it. So I'm glad I just like did it. I went because had I waited until 2020 for my vacation time, I still wouldn't have been in Thailand. Right. So there are moments like that where it's like, hmm, I'm glad I did that. You know, like I went when I went, but it's oh, yeah. hard to predict and you never know what's going to happen. Oh yeah. And I feel like you're probably, you might be like this too, but I'm such a planner, like not in terms of like by this, like, yeah, you, in the back of my mind, it was like, I want to have this in life happen before this age and this in life. But it's like in 2019, we were in Australia. We had this awesome opportunity. My husband got to go there. He wasn't my, he wasn't my husband at the time. He was my fiance at the time, got to go there for work. And it was like, everything is paid for. You just need to fly there. It's like, well, of course I'm going to come to Australia. Like that's a trip that we could be like, what we did was like a $10,000 trip. And it was like a third of the cost kind of thing. Like 
such an awesome opportunity. We have to do that. But it's so funny because while we're on that trip, we're like, okay, next year, we're going to save up the money in 2020. Like we usually do a trip every year of some sort, whether it's a road trip, a camping trip, or a big trip. We try and do something, but it's like, okay, 2020, we're going to save up. Our wedding was supposed to be 10, 10, 2020 on our fifth anniversary. We still got married just with not the big party. <laughs> and um, then it was like, okay, 2021, it's like spring break. We're going to go to Hawaii. And in the summer that year, we're going to go do the Europe trip you've always wanted to do. So it was like, we were planners that way. And then when this all hit, it's so funny. Cause when it all hit, like I'm getting all my Facebook memories from last year and we're approaching that. And I'm like, Oh, that didn't age. Well, Ooh, that didn't age. Well, like, it's like, come to our wedding social. And you're like, Oh God, that didn't happen. <laughs> and so it's so like, it's, it's funny seeing those memories and whatever. And you're just like, Oh, that plan did not age. Well, <laughs> what are you doing for your wedding now? Like, do you still plan on having just some sort of party? Yeah, I think. Yeah. So um, like two weeks before our wedding, it was still 50 people inside were allowed to happen for events. And then like the two weeks prior, they made that announcement saying effective to, um, effective the Monday, it was like September. Oh, it was October 1st or September 30th. It was like effective that day, 10 people gathering size. And we we're like, Oh my gosh. Like we were two weeks away from having our wedding, everything ready to go. 50 people. We'd already sent the people that like, we really wish you could be there, but we still want to get, have the wedding because we don't want to put our lives on hold. Blah, blah. Like we're all thinking back. We were like all so naive thinking like, Oh yeah, two months from now, life will be fine. Like I thought we were going to have a social when the whole pandemic was still announced. Yeah. Oh yeah. But um, yeah. So with the wedding, it's like, okay. So what we decided was, and we decided this back in the summer, it was like, if for some crazy reason, and that crazy reason happened, but if for some crazy reason it goes down to even five people, we're still going to get married that day. Okay. I was like, I'm putting on the dress. You're putting on your suit. We'll get photos taken. We'll figure out how to involve like at least our parents and siblings and, and whatever on that day. Then my brother signed a pro contract at the end of summer to go to Sweden. So it was like, okay, well, oh gosh, like super exciting. Like we'll FaceTime him in. I actually had like a cardboard cutout made of him which is super funny because like, I don't need it because, <laughs> because we FaceTimed and it wasn't like this big event. Like we took it so that you could like get pictures with it. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So ridiculous. But um, like, we were really lucky. I took wedding photos with my parents and my brother before he flew out, like the day before he left. So we still got those photos because we thought 50 people was happening on 10, 10, 20, 20, like we were ready. And then two weeks before it was made till 10. And we were like, nope, we're still going to get married. We're still going to go ahead with the plan. Like it was regardless, we're getting married that day. We picked that day because it's our fifth like dating anniversary and it means something important to us. And so, and it's kind of a cool number and uh, easy to remember more so for me. Justin remembers all that stuff. I can't remember that stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we pivoted again. Pivot was like the theme of my life, September, October. And we pivoted again. It was like, Kate, our venue was super, super awesome. They're like, yeah, you can still have it here. Even though it's 10 people, we'll just move you to this small room and we'll just, your deposit can be used for your, your event. And then we can just worry about the next time. If there's a next time later, like, let's not worry about this right now. Let's just deal with this. So yeah, we had the 10 people. They let us do us plus 10 because that was the rule at the time. You could have your household plus 10. Uh, so we were lucky to be able to have like the two of us, obviously, my maid of honor, who is my best friend of 25 years, you know, Marika. Yeah. There's many pictures of us as kids doing stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then Justin had his best man and then his brother and sister and his parents and then my mom and dad and my grandma. So that was our group. Um, and then for the ceremony, uh, that was so that was 11. For the ceremony, we also had our officiant, who was one of my good friends, who officiated the wedding. And then at the time, two vendors didn't count for numbers. So we had, we still had our videographer there. He filmed that for like an hour and a bit and just used it off the time we had paid for, for the big event. Our photographers were there. Like our wedding party actually watched from the parking lot. So they stayed in their cars and watched from the parking lot. So we kind of figured out kind of how to do it while still following the rules and doing all the photos and the dinner and everything. But like, I feel like people, a lot of people dream about their wedding and like have, have everything planned down to like a T before it even happens. And for me, it was like, I want the girls to wear purple and I want to dance with my dad. Like that was like the two things that I, those are the only two things I cared about. Like, yes, I'm, I, I wanted certain things, but like, if it couldn't happen, fine. I wanted purple and my dad to dance with. And so at our 10 person wedding, we didn't do any first dances. We didn't do any speeches or anything. Like it was a lovely evening and I'm so glad we did it. But then it's like, we still want to have something because the one of the two things that I cared the most about didn't happen. 
And my brother wasn't there. Like, yes, we FaceTimed and we talked and he watched the whole ceremony on a, on a screen of a phone or whatever. But like my brother's like my best friend and he wasn't there. So I feel like we're going to try and do something this summer. Who knows what the numbers will be? Like, I want to be cautiously optimistic with all the vaccine stuff coming out and hope that maybe numbers will change. But yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> That's a big question mark still. Like we're really fortunate with our first event that all of our vendors that we had booked were amazing. And we're just like, yeah, we'll use the time off what you've already paid for. We'll keep your remaining balance as your deposit for the new date, like all good. And, but I know, but like, I also would have totally understood because they're a business and you like, you put a deposit down for a reason, like to protect, they protect themselves as a business. I totally would have understood if that went the opposite way, which a lot of people planning weddings experienced, but we were just really fortunate that, everybody had the flexibility within their business to allow that for us. So that was really, really, really kind of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to wrap this up soonish because it's getting long, but you know, what stood <laughs> out to me, you know, it stood out to me that you said you were like, I'm not going to put my life on hold. And I feel like with everything that's happened, like I'm sure people's mental health has just gone like plummeted, you know? Oh. And it's been, it's been really like so many unknowns, really scary, all the things, but like people still want to live. They still want to like get pregnant and like get married and like move on, you know, and like keep going. And it's kind of really beautiful that like people aren't just like giving up, you know, and like living in fear and stuff like that. Like, I, I love that. I love seeing all everybody's still just like finding joy and like finding reasons to keep going and like assuming and hoping that everything will just go back to normal as in like cleanliness and health. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Not normal of like the grind, but normal. Yeah. Of, like, one go to a concert with 13,000 of my best friends to see yes. Celine Dion. I'm going to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want to go to a concert so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh, That was like, I was supposed to go to Celine Dion in April like so close to getting there and I still have my tickets. Cause I'm like, yeah, her soul, her show wasn't sold out pre COVID, but who knows? People could just be like, I don't care what the concert is. I'm just going to buy the tickets. Cause I want to do something with a bunch of people, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, like, I'm holding onto those tickets. I don't care that Celine Dion has my money. She can keep it. I want that tick. I want that seat for that concert when it can happen. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the rebound, like the bounce back from this is like bowling alleys going to be packed movie theaters packed. Like it's going to be crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. Hopefully people can find that healthy balance of like finding the things that was normal to them before that brought them joy and, and that made their heart happy. But then they take away the things that like necessarily weren't the greatest for them. Right. right. Hopefully we can find that like healthy balance for ourselves that we're not grinding it out all the time. Like sometimes it's a grind, like that's life sometimes, but yeah. it's not 24 seven life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I hope to see you at dance soon. I hope you keep, you know, prioritizing yourself and yeah, I hope we get to dance together again soon. I know we should, we should sign up for like a session and do a show and get a real applause. Yeah. That'd be nice. The real applause. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, the last time I took Rebecca's class, I was on crutches, not her fault. It was me trying to do something that I could do when I was dancing all the time. Uh, and I think it's just me getting old, but I strained my hip really bad and was on crutches. <laughs> the Barishnikov? No, it was that uh, Christina Aguilera class. Oh, okay. Because yeah. the Barishnikov, I hurt my knee. I was oh, like, yeah, that probably, looking back on that, that probably was the moment that first tweaked the hip and then trying to do a large, grand second plie probably was the moment that like made it pop and made it bad. <laughs> oh my God. But anyways, this has been awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. And like, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm all about the outdoor hangouts right now. <laughs> yeah, and the fire pit, so we can just come have a fire. Just yeah, be awesome. okay. that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Well, have a good rest of your evening. Yeah, you too. Okay, bye. Bye.